Welcome, Unbillable Hour listeners. Before we get started with the show, I did want to say a thank you to our sponsors, Answer One, Solo Practice University, Scorpion, and Law Clerk. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-ONE or online at www.answerone.com. And that's www.answer1.com. Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice better. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Law Clerk, where attorneys hire freelance lawyers. There are no sign-up or monthly fees, only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. And now, let's go on to the Unbillable Hour. Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. Today's episode is about, well, it's a little bit about money and metrics, a little bit about marketing, but what it's really about is access. And our title today is Blockchain, Cryptocurrency, and Access. And my guest is Todd Tyler. Todd is a COO at One Law. And of course, I am your host, Christopher Anderson. I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful with their law firm businesses. I am dedicated to helping lawyers across the country to achieve success as they define it. In the unbillable hour each month, we explore an area important to growing revenues, giving you back more of your time and or improving your professional satisfaction in one of the key areas of your business. I start with the fundamental premise that a law firm business exists primarily to provide for the financial, personal, and professional needs of you, its owner. In this program, I have a chance to speak to you, as I do in presentations across the country, about what it takes to build and operate your law firm like the business that it is. I have a chance to introduce you to a new guest each month to talk about how to make that business work for you instead of the other way around. And again, today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is blockchain, cryptocurrency, and access. And my guest is Todd Tyler, and Todd is the COO of OneLaw. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, Todd. Hey, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So first of all, my introduction of you was ridiculously brief. So if you don't mind just telling the listeners, what is One Law and what's your role there? Thank you for having me on the show. Glad to be a part of it. I have to correct you. My name is Tyler Todd. Tyler Todd. I'm so sorry. I got it backwards. We've... But you know what? That's been happening my entire life. So don't feel bad. My middle name's Thomas. And so I've gotten Thomas, Todd, Todd, Tyler, all of it. Anyways, again, thanks for having me. I am the CEO and managing partner of One Law. We started One Law back in 2010 as an alternative to the traditional legal practice. Mm -hmm. We had a law firm with a number of partners, and we wanted to be unique and different in an effort to market ourselves differently from pretty much every other law firm out there. Most law firms traditionally are 
their last names and associates or the law offices of. And we created the name One Law to, to be that, to be different and to brand differently. And just to be clear, it's, it's the number one and then law, right? The number one LAW, yeah. correct. And then we wanted to then have a widget. We always wanted a, something tangible. And so from there, we developed a, a mobile app. And as lawyers, we wanted to be more effective in what we were providing to our clients. We wanted to have greater accessibility to our clients. We wanted them to have better accessibility to us. And so we developed the mobile app. And from there, we developed uh, on-demand video and SMS text. Okay. And enable, again, for consumers or otherwise potential leads to, to find us and to connect individuals with lawyers. We were at the time thinking it would be us. Right, right. And then from the mobile app, uh, the video, and the on-demand uh, SMS text, we went to Chatbot. And we created uh, a Chatbot builder. Right. And then we created DocuBot, which is form automation. Right. And now our, our network, our technology has been evolving and growing, and we're morphing into a tech company. And now right. our, our one law is more, it's a tech company. And uh, we still practice law, and we have lawyers that still practice law for that particular side of it. But we're a tech company. But so it's taking you in a direction you weren't initially expecting to go at all. Correct. Um, And now you've actually been talking about like some of the nascent technology that might be taking you in another direction yet again. Um, But let's let's begin with framing the problem because I I headed up the show saying it's really all about access, Um, and this is something that I'm actually passionate about as well. My listeners know that access to justice is to me, an underlying premise of civilization. Um, Not just democracy, but just civilization. Like if people don't have a way that they feel they can have their disputes adjudicated in a fair way, then they take matters into their own hands and civilization starts to break down. So the problem we're talking about is is justice. And you laid out when uh, we were talking some really interesting stats about how the legal system is failing. So I don't know if you could just talk to our listeners a little bit about how we can see that access to justice is really a problem in the United States and probably other places in the world as well. Well, and that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. We hear access to justice on a regular basis. Yep. And we continually hear it because the problem, unfortunately, is is not being resolved. There's a lot of great uh, companies, tech companies, efforts by the ABA and other obviously uh, great entities around the country and around the world that are trying to solve the problem and we are making strides and I think there's a great mm-hmm. a lot of great people that are in that vein and that are doing that. But one interesting stat that we thought was phenomenal, one side in almost 80% of the 100 million non-criminal cases filed annually in the United States, one side of that party is, is unrepresented. Right. At least one, right? Sometimes least, both. And yeah. sometimes both. And that's staggering. 80%. 80%. Yeah. So, I mean, how can people feel like they have access to justice when they're entering a system that is not meant to be, let's say, self-explanatory or simple? Correct. Um, and it's, it's designed around people, professionals, knowing what they're doing in that environment. Absolutely. And so 80% aren't having that. And so how are they coming out of that? Right. Feeling fair, like fairly treated? I doubt it, right? I don't think so. And obviously the, the courts and the, the state bars are trying to make efforts to make that process easier and, and help pro, say, litigants navigate those waters a little easier. Right. But it's a complicated process. As a right. lawyer, I can explain to someone, this is how you file an answer. And to a lawyer, right. an answer might be one of the easiest things we do. 
but it's a different language. Right. And, you know, how do you explain, like, oh, and sometimes you need to use an affirmative defense and sometimes you don't. And if you admit this in your answer, then it's going to be dispositive. I mean, it's right. so much. So we can make it easier, but we can't make it fair under the law. Like, the law has been developed over all these years to try to keep equalizing things, and then you throw these people into it. <laughs> And then it shows up not just in court, though, right? I mean, lack of access to the law or access to justice shows up in other ways. Absolutely. Legal fees, for one. Right. Right? If one party has the financial resources to hire a lawyer and the other party doesn't, then it shows up maybe outside of court in regards to settlement discussions and negotiations and millions and millions of dollars is either lost or won as a result of not having a lawyer on your side. And then, yeah, and so that's again in litigation and in court and whatever. Then I'm always, you know, I'm hearing about people watching people walk around, people who have passed away or whose two people passed away, their kids are going into state custody and all for lack of having just some basic primary documents that they should have around. I was just having a discussion with a lawyer just a few minutes ago about a case that she's working on where the little three-year-old boy lost, and this is something we've all heard, but lost uh, both parents and now aunts and uncles are fighting and now we're in probate litigation. And how do we solve some of those issues? How do we alleviate the ever increasing cost of litigation? And I think there's a way of doing that. Yeah. And there has to be a way of doing that. So you've identified what for me is like this obvious pain out there. People who feel they get into trouble with the law, feel they can't afford representation, have a conflict, feel they can't afford representation don't even protect themselves with the basics of a will and just saying, this is what I want to have happen to my kids. And if we're both involved in an accident, like this is who should watch them. So the state doesn't have to get involved and so that the kid doesn't have to be three, four, five years old without real clarity as to who's going to be raising him or her. All of that's going on. And meanwhile, on the other side, you have lawyers walk around saying there's not enough business and we can't get clients and nobody will hire us. What's going on with that? You just almost identified the justice gap, right. right? The financial restrictions of individuals to hire lawyers and then all of these great lawyers across the country that are really great at what they do and they just can't connect with the consumer. And if the consumer knew what that lawyer was capable of, then we could connect those two and, and hopefully that gap is being bridged. And, 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 and then, we're talking about, I mean, like, there's, I think the latest from the ABA was that there's 1.4, 1.5 million lawyers in the United States, right? And we're talking about a lot of them. A lot of lawyers. You know, we're not talking about the lawyers in, big, in the big law firms that are helping the giant corporations. Like, but what segment of all the lawyers are in this small law firm environment looking for clients that they think are lacking? Well, in an interesting stat, 90%, 90% of those 1.4 approximately million lawyers are either solos or one to four-man lawyer shops. Ninety percent, and they're and they're the ones struggling. And meanwhile, we got we have clients or people just not really getting access to justice. All right, we're going to come back. I'm speaking with Tyler Todd, the COO of One Law. We're talking about how the access to justice gap is affecting not just the people, but the lawyers on both sides. You know, people are walking around thinking there's not enough access to justice. Lawyers are walking around thinking there's not enough clients. There's got to be a solution. We're going to be coming back with Tyler and talking about how technology and how what uh, some of the things that One Law is doing can really help to bridge that gap. But first, we're going to hear from our sponsors. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, 
Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Ready to create and build your own solo or small farm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals, Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than a thousand classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Welcome back to the Unbillable Hour. We're talking with Tyler Todd, the COO of One Law, and we've been talking about the access to justice gap. We explored where people, prospective people who need to access justice because they've gotten in trouble, they need legal documents done, and their perception of the lack of access to lawyers, lack of access to the courts. And then we were talking about lawyers, on the other hand, 90%, according to Tyler, of the legal businesses in the United States are these solo and small law firms, and they're struggling to make their services known to the people that are out there looking, thinking they can't have access to the services. What's the barrier? What's keeping these lawyers from getting their services known to the people? Well, unfortunately, a lot of it is is financial resource. It is expensive in today's market to advertise. 80% of the marketing dollars across most platforms is legal marketing. So picture that. If if you are a solo law firm or a two, three lawyer law firm, it's very expensive to market and to advertise your services. I've heard numbers of 250,000 a month Wow. For bigger firms. For bigger firms, yeah. Even millions of dollars a month. And if you are a solo um, law firm, even thinking of maybe a few thousand dollars a month is sometimes hard to swallow. Sure. So I think that is a big part of it. And quite frankly, unfortunately, there's a major confidence issue in the legal industry. I think a lot of consumers just don't have the confidence in lawyers. Right. If they actually pay for legal services, they're going to get what they're paying for. Right, and I think there's a big gap there. So the law firms are facing these daunting numbers in, in trying to advertise, get trying to be heard above the noise. Um, I think you, you mentioned a, spe- a total legal marketing spend of about $8 billion, how to make your drop in that ocean seem to matter. And then what you just mentioned was this lack of faith, lack of belief in it. And I think that goes again to the whole structure of things because lawyers are out there using the billable hour Lawyers are out there selling their time instead of solutions. And so when people get some time without a complete solution, they feel like they haven't gotten value. And they're right. You know, and that's where this lack of faith is coming from. I mean, you gave a good example of you know, how people will spend until they run out of money, but the solution might not be complete. Right. And uh, so this lack of confidence from on the client side, and how is this showing up on the lawyer side? I mean, where, what's happening with them? Well, and I think what's happening is the lawyers may be getting the bad name or the bad rap because they're not seeing the, the client, the consumer's not seeing the results they want. So hence, we talk about technology. And, and technology in the legal space is growing, it's evolving, and we need to adopt it and embrace it. And this technology, you feel, can help to close this gap. Bring, Absolutely. Bring the consumers and the lawyers closer together. And increase the confidence because it's going to make, technology will make lawyers more efficient. And unfortunately, there's a lot of technology out there that that suggests to replace lawyers. I'm not suggesting that at all. Mm -hmm. We don't want to replace lawyers. Lawyers are valuable and and the services they provide are extremely valuable. But we do need to be more efficient. 
Absolutely. And that will be better for the consumer. Trust and confidence will increase. Hopefully that will drive down prices, but everyone's winning because the amount of services that are being provided increases. Right, and, and value is actually being delivered. Absolutely. So at the top of the show, I mentioned that one of the technologies we're gonna talk about is blockchain. Before we even start talking about it, I think there's a real lack of understanding out there about what blockchain is. I mean, people have heard of cryptocurrency, people have heard of Bitcoin and Ethereum and some of the others. Some people have heard of them, very few people understand them, and very few people understand that underlying technology. So let's spend just a couple of minutes, can you explain what, what is blockchain, and then we'll get to how it can really be applied to the legal business. Great, first of all, that's a loaded question, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on who you ask, you might get a different uh, response from, from everyone you ask. But blockchain was created initially to be the transaction ledger of Bitcoin. Right. That was why it was created. And I believe it was Satoshi Nakamoto that created blockchain so that when a transaction of Bitcoin happened, it was accounted for and it was secured and, and you could go back and identify that. But that blockchain technology is, is evolved to be applicable to multiple industries. Sure, and but really key to that, what I found fascinating about it is the way it was designed was unlike everything else we've known until then where there was a central arbiter of that transaction. You know, you and I trade stock on the New York Stock Exchange. It's the New York Stock Exchange and one computer that says, okay, Tyler has now sold that stock to Chris. It's now owned by Chris. In blockchain, there's no central arbiter of that transaction. Correct, correct. Good. And that's a key component to the blockchain because that then transaction record is across multiple computers and servers and cannot be hacked into. Right. And that's the beauty of it. Some people ask, well, why do we need blockchain? How is this going to revolutionize the internet? And, and, and that's exactly it. The transparency and the security of the transactions. Right. And so, as you said, it was initially for Bitcoin, but you know, I've heard blockchain being used to track bananas, uh, right. blockchain being used to track, in this circumstance, to track and authenticate legal documents, photos, um, you know, just to, to really provide some authenticity because of the unique transaction ledger that you talked about that's distributed and unhackable. Exactly, and I think that's the applicability in the legal world. There's a lot of uh, discussion regarding smart contracts uh, and that, that can apply not only to the legal world, but, but many industries. But in the blockchain, when there's a contract and there's a terms for certain conditions and precedents to be met, when X is met and Y is triggered, it happens. Yeah. It's not independent of a third party or a subjective component saying, well, I don't like X anymore. Right. You're not gonna get my Y. Well, wait a second. And so it enables and it's going to create the, the confidence in the legal world because if I contract to do something, it will be done. Right, so yeah, this is enhancing that level of confidence that you said was lacking both on the consumer side and on the lawyer Absolutely. side. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we're gonna take a break here. We're talking with Tyler Todd, the uh, COO of OneLaw, and we've talked about the justice gap and now we've talked about blockchain as an enabling technology to sort of bring that gap together. So when we come back from this break, we're gonna talk with Tyler about how blockchain and other technologies can be used and you know, like what's the actual application to bring that all together now that we have an understanding of what it is. But first, one more time from our sponsors. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a first year to perform legal research or a seasoned attorney to assist with a complicated appellate brief, 
Law Clerk has hundreds of freelance lawyers with every level of experience and expertise. There are no sign-up or monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com slash podcast for a special offer. That's answer the number one.com slash podcast. All right, and we are back with Tyler Todd here on the Unbillable Hour. And we've been talking about access to justice and about the really the two-sided monster that's that we've created. A bunch of consumers that don't think they have access to justice and lawyers thinking that there's not enough clients out there and a lot of it's being driven by a lack of confidence in the system. And so we talked about what blockchain is and how it might be one of the enabling technologies that can help to bridge this gap. So Tyler, let's get right to it. Mm -hmm. How can blockchain help to bring consumers back into believing that there is access to justice and lawyers to believing that they can provide it, I guess, at an affordable rate that, that'll bring consumers back to the marketplace? How can that all happen? I think first and foremost, transparency. Mm -hmm. If I agree to pay X amount of dollars for a retainer to a lawyer and that lawyer's to provide XYZ, right. then via the blockchain, when I make that payment and those services provided, then everything is accounted for. Everything is as it was meant to be. Exactly. Yeah? So I think transparency and accountability from a consumer perspective and then an efficiency from the lawyer perspective and that's all done via the blockchain. Right, and so that'll give consumers a lot more confidence. How can this help to give lawyers more confidence in the system as well? Well, I think one particular applicability of the blockchain that we see it is, for example, a, a document repository. Right. Okay. In litigation, oftentimes we're fighting over particular pieces of evidence. And for example, in another conversation I had with another lawyer, it was probate litigation. And well, we couldn't find dad's will. And well, I had a conversation and it said this. Well, no, he said this. And no, it said that. Right. And ex-wife said, no, he told me while we were married, it was this. And new wife said, no, that's not what he said. It was this. If we had a document repository on the blockchain of dad's will, there's no fight. And you would know it's the authentic one? You'd know it's the last one? Well, theoretically, yes. Yeah. Because when one document is changed on the blockchain, it's changed everywhere. Right. And so you would then be able to say, well, this is the last document presented onto the blockchain or downloaded or whatever you do with it. This is the document. And it's unalterable because that would change the chain. It would say, would it say who did it? Like, like Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so I then again, you gain confidence in the system, you gain confidence in the lawyer's ability to have the document drafted. The litigation, if there would be a litigation process, hopefully should be more smooth and more efficient. And, and mostly more cost-effective. That all makes sense. So now for me, and what I, the last point I wanted to really get to with you is that, okay, so now we've got lawyers who have a way to be more efficient and to bring their services to market at maybe a more effective cost. 
we have a way to give consumers more confidence in the system and in that they're going to get the value that they paid for. But now we still need to bring them together. One of the things you mentioned was like this really high cost of advertising. And quite honestly, a lack of knowledge is one of the problems. So I think one of the things you mentioned was a marketplace. How can a marketplace help to bring all of this, what we talked about, together into a solution? Well, therein lies what we're doing at OneLaw. Okay. We believe that through the OneLaw platform, those lawyers that may not have the financial resources or the know-how to really market themselves or their company can do so through the OneLaw platform. And, and that's why we've developed the technology with the platform, the brand uh, OneLaw, is we believe that through that platform, we can really connect consumers with lawyers and lawyers with consumers. And that the technology that we've created through artificial intelligence, the DocuBot form automation, chatbot yep. services, you really have all of that technology at the lawyer's fingertips. And so we are saying to the lawyers, come, join our network, and make your practice more efficient, and we will help you do that. And hopefully to the consumers, hey, here's a lot of brilliant lawyers out there that are just waiting to provide their services to you. Here they are. And one of the things that really strikes me, like, I don't know if you've ever read Seth Godin's The Icarus Deception, you were talking earlier about how AI can replace certain things, but how lawyer services, it's really the lawyer's art that's the value, right? It's, it's the, the thinking part, the really creative thinking art part of law that really provides value to the consumer, right? Thank you for saying that. Yes, we are, our motto is augmenting legal services, mm -hmm. not replacing it. Right. We want to augment legal services and, and help the lawyers be more efficient and let them do what they do best. Right. right. I mean, in a sense, you really liberate lawyers to practice their art. Correct. Tyler, thanks so much for being a guest on uh, The Unbillable Hour. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Great. And this wraps up this edition of The Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. And again, my guest today has been Tyler Todd, the COO of OneLaw. Tyler, you said that uh, people, if they want to learn more about what OneLaw does or about access to justice and all these things, they can check you out on uh, your website, onelaw.com. And then you mentioned that Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, it's all the same. It's just one, the number one LAW. The number one LAW.com, absolutely. Fantastic. This is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm businesses that work for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, 
client-facing skills and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.